Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Hey there, how's your day going? So far, so good around here. Today's episode is about putting structure around your startup so you can start making sales and get traction. You could say it's about putting the start in the startup. If that's your thing, you might also be interested in my newest production in collaboration with Mary Kennedy of the San Diego Biotech Network. The SDBN Buzz podcast is where I'm interviewing scientists, entrepreneurs, and other movers and shakers in that community. It's a mix of science and business. And while it's intended to create connections in the San Diego community, the content is relevant well beyond Southern California. And sponsorships are available, so check it out at sdbn.org buzz. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Lisa Thurston is the CEO of Cultivate Sales, where she supports new biotechnology, emerging product and services companies in a variety of operational areas. Her background is in developing business models and execution in sales, business development, marketing, and operations. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Chris. uh, I appreciate the offer to speak with you, and I hope that this becomes an interesting conversation for everybody. I'm sure it will. So today, uh, we're going to talk about putting some structure around your biotech startup so you can start making sales and gaining traction. First of all, describe the typical scenario for a biotech startup, how they come into being and the situation that many of them find themselves in at the start. Sure. Well, you know, there, there is no typical, of course, situation for a company to evolve and, and become an entity. But uh, the most important thing is obviously to have a, an idea, um, you know, have a great idea that um, you can then market and find a market for in, in the biotech space. Uh, and, and with that idea, you, know, you need to have some confirmatory data that it's something that the market actually wants to to work with. And that could be, you know, scientific and uh evaluation of the market and the research that you need to do to sort of discover where your customers are going to come from and where they're going to be. Um, you, of course, need to have a business plan in place. Uh, write your idea down. Make sure that it's something that's going to be a good idea for the market as well. And then, of course, there's the finance and, and legal. You, know, you want to be able to protect your, your idea and make sure that it's something that, that is, uh, nobody else can steal and, and make use of. Once they get that up and running, a new business has a lot of things to think about, choices of where to put their resources. So before they even start making significant or any sales at all, what are those first items to take care of? I think you might have just mentioned them. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, there, there's the same, same theme is going to be repeated over and over again. It's, you know, understand yourself, understand your idea, understand your market. Make sure that all those things align so that you're, you eventually can bring something to the market that's going to bring in some revenue for you. A lot of people have cognitive bias with, with their ideas. They tend to get very self-involved about what they do, and, and that's really something you should try to avoid. You want to understand yourself and understand where you need help and where, where you may not have the best understanding of, of a business. You may have a great understanding of the science, you may have a great understanding of the product, but you need to understand a lot more than that. And 
again, the, the financial considerations and the legal considerations are of the utmost importance to make sure that you have protection of your idea and something that you can bring that's not going to be stolen by anybody else. And, you know, and if you have a product that you need to bring to market versus a service or, or a, a, a consulting firm similar to my own, you need infrastructure and, um, you know, finding the right sort of and size of space to work in so that you don't exceed your, you know, your, your financial limitations and your, and your time um, to make sure that you're sort of finding the right space. There's a lot of great spaces for biotechs as uh, incubator spaces in, in most major cities and all over the country that um, can help you put that in place. And they also come with a lot of consulting and, and support as far as uh, HR and the sort of the things that you don't want to really invest in yet because you're, you're just starting out uh, available to you as well. Yeah, I think on the legal side, I'm guessing that most people understand the importance of protecting your intellectual property, but maybe they underestimate thinking about the financial side other than, you know, we're going to sell this and make a lot of money. You gave a great example of maybe investing in more space. I think that's what you were hinting at than is needed right off the bat because they have big ambitions. Is that what you're talking about? or? Yeah, correct. I mean, you, you, you need to sort of, your business plan should have sort of a time frame for growth and, you know, your, your revenue goals that you have, your first year, your second year, your five-year plan. You just want to make sure you don't exceed your limits. Um, but also, the legal is not just the IP protection. You need to have terms and conditions, can, you know, in place. You need to make sure that you're, um, you have insurance and licensing and all the, all, anything that you need to have from a legal perspective to make sure you're not infringing on any, anybody else's rights as well as protecting your own. Yeah, that ma that makes total sense. Once you've got those legal and accounting systems set up, I'm sure this depends a lot, again, on the product and the market. But give us some examples, because I think this is really the heart of what you do, of ways to get revenue coming in as quickly as possible. The first thing is to obviously make sure that you're ready to go to market. Make sure that you have evaluated your product or your service thoroughly, that you understand where you should be trying to sort of push this, this product or service in the marketplace and just really have the, the beta testing or, or, or validation behind it to make sure that you're not bringing something to the market that's going to be faulty and will damage your, you know, damage your business and potentially damage your customer's business. So, um, you know, the first thing is obviously make sure that you have a good product. And then there's a, lot of, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I wouldn't go out and hire a $200,000 a year sales director to, to you know, launch your product into, into space. Ha have sort of an idea of a sales and marketing plan to launch a product, but if you don't, you, you hire somebody like myself to work part-time and steer you in that direction to make sure that you're prepared to approach the market with your product and, and bring in some initial revenue. Yeah, I mean, I think this is me talking about just sort of from my perspective and having done this business for a while is, you know, you think when you start out, you know exactly who your customers are gonna be, and maybe that's not exactly right, and then, there are different approaches to sales, which if you haven't done them before, you know, can also be overwhelming or maybe you pick the wrong one or you don't do enough and so on. How important is it to have some kind of network to tap into? Well, the network's going to make your first sales the easiest to do because you, you're calling somebody who, who knows you or knows of your product area or just is familiar with uh, what you're trying to do. So the introduction is going to be a lot easier for you if you have a, a great network to, to work from. Well, that network can be, you know, there's a, a variety of different types of networks that you can work from. There's, um, you know, LinkedIn is obviously a great way to 
well, your personal network is a great way first to, to start looking at uh, potential customers, but then after that, you can start expanding your network with LinkedIn and other tools, uh, net, you know, online social marketing tools to try and find the right types of customers for yourself. And then there's also a lot of trade trade markets and trade organizations that you could work from. And if you're out of a university, your tech transfer office also will probably have some great connections or alumni, which is another area that I support. I actually work with, uh, I mentor for a couple of universities, uh, startups to help them so to understand where they what they want to do and where they want to do it. That's really interesting because I would never have, have thought of that. So what I what I'm really enjoying about this conversation is discovering lots of ways to get started selling that aren't immediately obvious to anyone who hasn't done it other than thinking, well, somebody just has to go out and hit the pavement. Talk about the power of picking up the phone. When's that the right approach? Um, the, well, at some point, you're going to have to connect with somebody to, to sort of talk about what you're offering and see if it's a um, something that, that's going to align with, with their needs. I mean, it's putting on my sales hat for a second. Obviously, the best sale is a win-win for everybody where you're addressing an unmet need for your customer and you are providing, you know, a, a a novel service or novel idea for them to, to, to meet that need. So, uh, you know, at some point you're, you're going to have, have to have a discussion with somebody and just um, cold calling is not something that I would recommend. I think you would want to know more about your, the person you're approaching about their business and sort of see where you have some alignment to make sure that you're not, um, you know, wasting their time and wasting your time because your time is precious. You don't have a lot of, uh, you have a lot of hats to wear when you're starting your new company and, and Doing sales is shouldn't be the majority of your time. There's still a lot of other marketing and, and operational areas to address. So you want to sort of be very selective on who you're going to pick up that phone and call and make sure it's going to be a, a good solution for them. Yeah. So, But if you do decide to make those calls, which can be scary, how do you make sure you're focusing on the best opportunities? I guess you, you sort of mentioned it right there that um, you need to know a little bit about them. So do you typically... How do you do that research? Do you outsource that? I mean, because I've talked to some lead generation companies that might do a survey and find out what companies are up to and give me information that way. You definitely need to do your research to make sure that you're, this, this is something that you, you do you know, fairly early to understand your market, understand where, but you are correct. You, you can be distracted at any time from, from what you thought was going to be your market and then all of a sudden you have a couple of conversations with people and you decide that you're, should be in a whole completely different market. I actually just had a situation where that arose where uh, I've sort of been par- partly involved in the, what's called an I-Corps program, which is the NIH-funded uh, or, uh, sort of steering through the university to help researchers, PIs, who have an idea, just do the background research in the market, and, you know, trying to understand the market. And they went out and did that. They had to do a bunch of interviews with a bunch of people, and I'm part of that organization as well. I sort of help them find the right people to talk to just to get the conversation started to see if this market's going to be of interest to them. But then they found out that the market they were pursuing probably wasn't going to be the best option for them. And there was a completely different market that they were going to go into. So you've done this research, you've discovered sort of the market you think is going to be the best. But then when you pick up that phone, or you start making those emails, you're going to find that people go, oh, that sounds really cool. But if this is my problem, <laughs> can you address yeah. this problem? And then you go, oh, I can totally address that problem. And then you change, you just change the direction as needed to sort of figure out the right path to to where you need to go. Yeah, that's a great example. I mean, I think a lot of businesses must experience this. I want to point out that you just made a great segue to my other new podcast. So I don't know if you've heard this, Lisa, but on the San Diego Biotech Network podcast called The Buzz, which I started with Mary Kennedy at the beginning of the summer, 
I interviewed Stanley Malloy, who's involved in the i project at San Diego State. Or, do you know him? I do not know him, but I actually, uh, the i program I work with is here in Massachusetts, and um, I've done a little bit of work with the one in D.C., but uh, I have not. I know that there are obviously there's a few, there's a few cores around the, around the country, and, but I've not worked with him directly. But that's right. very interesting. Okay. Yeah, so people should go check out that episode if you want to know what the i program is all about because it's really about um, spreading innovation and helping companies get started. It was developed because a lot of the small business grants or whatever that were being handed out a long time ago didn't seem to be going anywhere and getting traction, and so they developed this thing to help people get going on that path. So that's very cool. What about collaborations? Give us an example of a situation where teaming up with a customer or even another company can help get you some momentum and exposure. Well, there's a lot of situations where uh, you know you're going to find this this first beta customer, this first uh, this first revenue uh, opportunity, and you're going to find out that you're not ready. <laughs> you're not prepared to give the customer what you have anticipated you could, and so it's good to find a customer that's going to be a patient with you about that but be maybe find one that can help you work with you to develop your product further so you're you're solving a solution for them that they probably didn't have before so there's probably going to be some r d and some uh, work on their side as well as your side to sort of make the, this new combination product come to market so you're you're leveraging two people's or two companies um understanding and and it, you know your, your your think tank to make it come to market, and the other situation is where you're finding a larger company that has a lot of uh, understanding of of launch and and uh, you know paperwork and all just all the things that need to happen. And so if you collaborate with somebody that's large, now they can help you sort of you get you get sort of a backdoor view of what you need to be in the future to to solve their problem. Yeah, uh, no, I like that. I think. Um I mean, if I understand correctly, the first one, you might be, for example, working with a customer and like you say, it's a sort of a beta, but you're getting continuous immediate feedback as you evolve your product till it, you know, they say, yeah, this is the final thing we're looking for. And then in the other situation, I guess you're talking about you've collaborated with a company who's done that all before so they give you some sort of help but you get a peek into the whole thing like oh this is the, what the process is going to look like for me going forward and how do i plan and think about that and so on is that right that's those are my two yeah of two of two just examples of types i mean there's, there's going to be university collaborations there could be um a grant collaboration, it just a lot of different ways. And you're going to find that out as you start making those phone calls and start talking to people. Uh, either, whether it's early stage market evaluation or it's later stage, you know, I, I'm looking for some revenue. Can you, you pay me to do this, this for you? You know, you'll, you'll find opportunities. People will connect with you as well as, as you, you know, build your website and you start um, talking to, to people. People start hearing about you. They'll refer you to other people. You'll start talking to them. At some point, somebody will come along and go, hey, your idea is a great one. Uh, I have this idea. You know, our, our ideas together will be stronger. Can you, you know, do you want to, do you want to start thinking about doing something collaboratively um, so we can make a third product or some other application to, to, you know, be stronger for the both of you? I like that. And what I really like what you said there is, <laughs> approaching someone and say, hey, I'm looking to get some revenue. Can you help me? Because 
it'd be my nature not to ever say that to someone like, hey, I need money. But the reality is you need money to get some momentum, but you're asking somebody who has, you're not asking that for nothing. You say, I can, I think I can help you. Would you be willing to pay? And I've experienced this just with online courses where someone say, hey, I'm developing this online course. I'm going to let you in for a low price now and you'll get full access to the final product when it's developed, but I need your feedback on this thing right now. That's essentially what's happening, right? Yes, yeah. You just don't want to get too distracted by, uh, you know, from your focus. Um, a lot of the companies that I've worked with have, you know, they start out with an idea, a service, or a product, and then people come to them and go, you know, this sounds really interesting. You want to try this? And their scientific minds want to. They want to <laughs> yeah. jump right in and go, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do that. But you know, you don't want to get too distracted in your product and your your service because you want to stay focused until you can grow, and then then you can get distracted by more things. So, I guess my point is, you know, you, you just the, the ideas are all great and collaborating is great, but you don't want to overextend yourself in any in any area or get too you know too diversified from your from your uh, original goals. Right, shiny object syndrome. Yeah, they're science scientists are wonderful, and I love them, but a lot of them don't you know, want to explore that science. And, and, uh, that's why for a while, you know, for the startup, it's, it's great if you have a science with a business focused person, but not all scientists have that and know when to bring in the right people to help you because they're better focused in certain areas than you are. And you focus on your, your idea or your product or your, your strategy because you're the, it's your company. So you need to set the long-term strategies and goals and let somebody else do things that you're not quite so good at. Right. Yeah. I think that's a great takeaway from this whole thing because it'd be very easy for a scientist, you know, when it happens to me all the time with other marketers and then we get into conversation, oh, here's an idea or there's another idea. That would be really fun to do. And so I can see how that would happen. Did I miss anything here that uh, is an important point in evolving a, a new biotech company? I just understand that it's a process and it's a, a long-term process and it's an ever-changing process. I mean, you start out with your idea and, and then you try to formulate you know, a, a company and a business plan around that and then you start looking at your market areas and, and where you think you should focus your, your actions, get your legals in place, get your, uh, your prior-to-service market you know, ready to go to market. But then you have a lot of choices. You, do you collaborate? Do you go after grants and loans? Do you go after, uh, you start hiring people? Do you, you know, just making sure that you you're, pick a direction, but know when to redirect if you need to um, and continually, you know, continue to evolve. At some point, you may want to sell off your company. Maybe you're done with it. Maybe you want to, uh, you know, maybe that's your strategy, but it's going to be a, an ever-changing process and knowing when to bring in additional people and the right people for the right projects and the right, uh, you know, to make sure that you can be successful is, is key to this whole uh, business. What's your advice on business plans? Because that always seems to be an area when I look at those and, you know, you go through a pro forma and answering questions. And, of course, you're very optimistic and you think all these things will actually work. Do you get outside help to make sure that what you put down is realistic and the thing you've covered all the things you should be doing and aren't doing things that really don't matter for you? Uh, advice is 100% key. Yeah, you need to have, unless you're a master of business plan development, which, and, and people, some people are that, they can, they can do that 100% successfully. 
um, you're going to want some advice. And that's where the iCorps plan uh, programs and other programs are the incubator space. They have those people in place to help you. They help you sort of do a business plan. Because business plans are usually required for funding. And at some point, you, you, you can't rely on your own bank. You're going to have to go out and find some additional funding to support your your, your endeavor. And that's when the business plan Anybody that's gonna, you know, any investor is gonna want to see your business plan, understand where, you know, what you what you feel the market is and what you feel you can do in it. So, um, yeah, I definitely would uh, get advice. I'd get legal advice. I'd get I'd get all sorts of advice. Any place I could get it to when you're in that early stage. Yeah, I think that's really important because it just, uh, from my perspective, you look at the pro forma and you think, oh, I can answer all those questions, but I have no idea whether <laughs> my answers are valid and have I done enough research because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and there's right? a lot of people that will help you, in, you know, without a, a huge investment of time. Like I said, I mentor, I mentor my time, and that's that's pro bono. So it's you know, I'm perfectly willing to help somebody steer them in the right direction or, or redirect them to somebody else that can steer them in the right direction because that's going to help my entire. Uh, you know, the entire biotech industry is going to benefit from from good launch, good product launch, and good service launches. So, uh, you know, in the, in the broad scheme of things, it's always you can ask for advice. People will, most people will reach out and help you for you know, to sort of steer you in, in the right direction to help you in those areas. That's funny. So I just remembered that quote where somebody said, "If you if you ask for money, you'll get advice. But if you ask for advice, you might get money." So. <laughs> Um, and you never know. There's a, there's a, you know, quite a few companies I've worked with where, where investors have reached out to them. Um, you know, people said, "I would love to invest in this," and it, that could happen to you if you have a good story and and something prepared that you can show them. And then, if they're going to want to invest in you, they're going to they're going to want to help you make a good business plan anyway. So it's, you know, it's it can go both directions. You can go looking for money, and money can come looking for you. That's great to hear. So Lisa Thurston, this has been really uh, helpful, I'm sure, for especially new biotech companies or startups of any type. Where can people go to find out more about you and your work? Well, obviously LinkedIn is a great uh, resource to find out more about me and what I'm working on currently. And then um, I have my own website, www.cultivatesales.com, where you can learn some more as well. All right. So I will put links to both of those in the show notes for this episode. And thanks again very much for talking to me. Thank you very much. It's a nice after have a great afternoon. All right. So the big takeaway for me in this episode is to get help. It's natural to want to protect your idea and do it all yourself. But if you're in business, you need to talk to people and they're out there. Whether it's part of an incubator, your tech transfer office, the i program, or your own network, there are people who want to help you succeed. And I need your help. I want to expand the content of my emails beyond what's in this podcast. So if you see things that are of interest to you or if there are topics you're curious about, send me an email, chris at lifesciencemarketingradio.com. Let me know what kinds of things would be helpful for you. And don't forget to tell your colleagues about this podcast. Until next time, have a great two weeks.